in uh, Colossians chapter number 3, and uh, we're going to jump back and forth um, just a little bit uh, back to Romans chapter number 5 and Romans chapter 6, if you'd like to go ahead and have your place held there. Colossians chapter number 3. Salvation brings an awful lot to the table with it, doesn't it? Uh, I'm thankful for God's mercy and the fact that He has forgiven us of our sins. And yet I'm also thankful for His grace, His unmerited favor, and uh, the fact that we could not earn anything but uh, the glories that await us. Uh, I don't know about you all, but I'm looking forward to them. And uh, heaven is going to, it gets sweeter all the time, doesn't it? Thinking about that, the older I get, and I, I know as a kid I used to hear people say this and think, boy, I don't understand that. But really, the older I get, the sweeter heaven looks. And especially when we look at the world that we're living in and how it's waxing worse and worse, the Bible says. And um, then the fact that uh, I long to see my Savior. I really do. I, uh, the more we read about Him and study about Him and know of His love for us and what He's done for us, the more we walk with Him in a relationship with Him, the closer we draw to Him, and the more we begin to long for Him. And um, Fanny Crosby wrote that song, When my life's work is ended and I cross the narrow tide, swelling tide. And uh, in the chorus she says, I shall know Him, I shall know Him. There's redeemed by His side, I shall stand. I shall know Him, I shall know Him by the print of the nails in His hand. And, boy, I'll tell you, I think uh, one of the great delights, the great delight of heaven is going to be seeing our Savior. And uh, I don't know about you all, but I, I, I hope all of us are that anxious to go see him. Uh, I was thinking one time, I, shortly after the first uh, major school shooting that I had heard of in my lifetime, which was Columbine, and uh, a statement was made by one of the relatives of a young lady that was killed in it named Cassie Bernal. And uh, when she was in the library and a gunman put a gun to her head and asked her if she believed in Jesus, she said yes. And the writer of uh, the family that wrote this uh, testimony that was an eyewitness account said one moment she had closed her eyes and the next moment she was in the arms of her Savior. And uh, boy, what a way to put that. I, I don't want to go through the process of dying. I'm not afraid to die. I don't want it to be long and drawn out and painful. I don't long for that. But, boy, I cannot wait to be in the arms of my Savior and long for that. Uh, oh, what glory awaits us in heaven's fair city. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess because we can't quite comprehend it. Uh, Whatever we think heaven's going to be like, it's going to be so much more than that. Because the Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear hath not heard, neither thinnered into the heart of man the things that God hath in store for them that love Him. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to that day. And, uh, anyway, that's not the message this morning. Just excited about going to heaven one day here soon. All right, Colossians chapter number 3. We're going to read one verse of Scripture, uh, the very first verse, and then we're going to be dealing with a, a good portion of the chapter uh, in the message, but we're just going to start the message off 
with the first verse, and then we're going to move to uh, Romans chapter 5 and chapter 6 for a few moments, and then come back to Colossians chapter number 3. The Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Father, we come to you once again, ask for the next few moments that you will guide and direct our thoughts and our hearts in your word, and I pray that you would help us to understand it clearly and concisely. And Lord, that it will be an encouragement and a strength to us, that it will uh, strengthen and grow our faith. And Father, that we will be drawn closer to you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Paul, in writing to the church at Colossians, says, uh, makes a unique statement here. As he says in, in chapter number 3, verse 1, If ye then be risen with Christ, well, that's an unusual phrase, and uh, I've uh, thought on this quite often. There's some things that he instructs us about. If we are risen with Christ, then there are certain things that ought to happen, and we're going to look at those things this morning. But just very quickly, I would like for if you would, to turn over to Romans chapter 5, and uh, we're going to back up to verse number 20. <clears throat> Romans chapter 5, verse number 20, Moreover, the law entered, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And aren't you glad for that? That there is not a person that's ever been born in this world that has ever sinned so much or so deeply or so greatly that God's grace was insufficient. His grace abounded more and more. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are, what's the next word here? Dead to sin live any longer therein. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And when we get baptized in our Baptist churches, we use a mode of uh, taking someone and dipping them down under the water. And the picture of our baptism is of the death and the burial and the resurrection of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And by that, we're signifying that our old man is crucified with Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. And so we picture the death and then the burial and the resurrecting of walking in newness of life. What the Bible referred to here in the book of Romans chapter number 6. That there's a new creature that is born inside of us. And you hath he quickened or made alive who are dead in trespasses and sins. Now come back to Colossians chapter number 3 for a moment. Understanding this idea that if we then be risen with Christ. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about a physical resurrection? Are we talking about a physical body dying and going into the ground and being buried six feet under at the cemetery and then rising up out of the grave? One day the bodies of those that have gone on before us will rise up out of the grave, but that's not what this one's speaking of here. It's speaking of the resurrection of our new nature. The fact that our old nature was crucified with Christ and now we are raised to walk in newness of life. 
If you then be risen with Christ, now let's see what he says to those that have been risen with Christ. And my hope and prayer this morning is, or this afternoon is, that as God's people in a, in a Bible-believing Baptist church, that every single one of us have been scripturally saved and scripturally baptized. That we've put our faith and trust in the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and then followed Him in obedience to His command to be baptized, not as a uh, requirement for salvation, but as in obedience because we are saved. And so we find here in chapter number 3, if you then be risen with Christ, He's now going to give us some things. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And boy, I'll tell you, we live in a day where even in our churches and in our Christian circles, there seems to be a tendency of setting our affection on worldly things, isn't there? Uh, We bring worldly things into our church house. Because we have an affection for it, we have an affinity for it, we love it, we enjoy it. It appeals to the old man or the old nature. Are you with me? Are you following that so far? All right, so let's look at this. He says, if we've been risen with Christ, if we've been crucified with Christ, buried, the old man is buried, and we are raised to walk in newness of life. If we're risen to walk in newness of life, then, then Jesus says this, or Christ says this, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead. Boy, that's an interesting statement. He just said in verse number 1, if we're risen, now in verse number 3, he says, for ye are dead. What is he speaking of here? Our old nature, our sinful nature. For we are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Years ago, uh, of Brother Lester Roloff, who some of you may know or have heard of over uh, your lifetime, went to preach for a dear friend of his, Bobby Robertson, who pastored the Gospelite Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. Brother Bobby passed away about a year and a half ago and pastored the church right up until his death. And uh, he had Brother Roloff in one time to preach for him. And uh, he and Brother Roloff were very close friends. He had preached many times, uh, had had him in to preach many times at his church. And uh, so he got up to introduce Brother Roloff, and they, uh, you know how when you have friendship, sometimes it breeds familiarity. And uh, he, he was joking and cutting up with a friend of his as he said, come on up here, you old reprobate, and preach for us. And that was his introduction to Brother Roloff. And Brother Roloff didn't miss a beat. He gets up there in the pulpit, and he preaches a great message, and the service was good. And the next day or the day after that, uh, Brother Bobby had to take... Brother Roloff, to the airport to fly home. And on the way to the airport, Brother Bobby told Brother Roloff, he said, I owe you an apology. He said, if I have offended you in any way, I want you to know that you are my dearest and best friend in this world. He said, I would never want to do anything to hurt you. And Brother Roloff said something that I'll never forget. He said, Brother Bobby, he said, you've not offended me. He said, if I was ever offended by something you said, that is my problem, not yours. Because you can't hurt a dead man. And I thought, boy, what a statement. Brother Roloff had learned the secret of being crucified to the old nature. The old prideful, egotistical nature that likes to rear its ugly head up. He understood what it was to crucify the old man... And to walk in the newness of life, to walk after the Spirit of God. Now we find here in verse number 3, 
<coughs> he says, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. <coughs> when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Now he takes a few moments in verses 5 through 11, and we're going to read those, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time in comment of those, uh, because I believe they're pretty self-explanatory, but I do want us to look at verses following verse number 11. If you will, follow with me in verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Well, that's a strong statement, isn't it? You ever thought of covetousness as being idolatry? The Bible says that it is. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In other words, he says God, God judges and punishes those that are children of disobedience who follow after these things. Why would a Christian, why would a child of God want to even have these things in their life? In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Why? Because he's crucified with Christ. We're to mortify those deeds of the old nature every single moment of every single day. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Jew, Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all and in all. Amen to that. And we find in verse number 12, and this is where I want us to look at some things, because, again, if we be risen with Christ, and then verse number 12, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, what things? The things that we found in verses 12 and 13. Above all these things, put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. This is a mature Christian. This is a Christian that has grown, that is nurtured in the Lord and has spent some time deepening his walk and his relationship after the, uh, the Holy Spirit and has, uh, has allowed the Holy Spirit to guide and to direct in his life. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule. Do we see that? Wow, what a statement. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We're going to look at verses 16 and following here in just a moment. Let me hit on a couple things here. We find that Paul says that we're to put off the old nature, the old man, and he gives a list of some of the qualifications and characteristics that used to be in our lives. There was covetousness, there was envies, there was wrath, there was malice. Some of us, there was blasphemy. 
Those were things that the Bible refers to as characteristic of the old man. By the way, it doesn't mean that just because we're saved, those things never can come into our lives again. If we're not careful, we will allow the old nature to rear its ugly head back up again. That's why Paul puts such an emphasis on mortifying the deeds of, of our old man, our old nature. That we're to do something to try to put those things down daily. And here's the thing. We cannot do it without the power of God helping us. Because I don't know about you guys, I'm a pretty weak person. And unless God gives me victory in these areas, I struggle. So how do we do this? Well, we find it in verse number 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. We're to focus our minds. We're to, we're to put our priority. The preeminence of Christ must be paramount in our life. It must be the first thing in our life. I'm reminded of the men who uh, Jesus called, and one of them, uh, two of them volunteered. One of them was called and, and to follow Him. And they said, "Lord, we will follow Thee whithersoever Thou goest." And He gives them reasons that they were things that it was going to cost them. And each of them said, "But let me first. But let me first. And and they always had a, a reason. And their problem was not a willingness to follow God. They were willing to follow Him. They just were not willing to follow Him first. Christ had a place, but did not have the place in their hearts. He did not have the preeminence in their life. And the secret to putting off the old man, and the same secret that is used to put on the new man, is this, that Christ must have the preeminence in our lives. Our affection, the thing that we love, the passion that we have, the drive in our life, must be focused on the love that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ. He must have first place. He's got to have all of it or he has none of it. Look with me now, if you will, in verse number 16. This is interesting to me. Because Paul says here to the church at Corinth, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, and whatsoever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now, I, I want us to take a, a moment here and uh, look with me, if you don't mind, in Ephesians chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5. And, and I, I love this about the Scriptures, how it all ties together, don't you? Isn't it amazing how over 1,400 years or better, uh, folks had written Scripture? A long period of time, and multiple, multiple authors, and yet it all fits together. Almost sounds like they had one author, huh? You think so? Who is the author? God Himself, the Holy Spirit. Look with me, if you will, in Ephesians chapter number 5, and verse number 18. The Bible says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Now I want you to notice the next phrase here. But be what? Filled with the Spirit. Now, hold on to that phrase for a moment. Look with me in verse number 19. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves <coughs> one to another in the fear of God. And then he goes on to break that last statement down into more specific things but submitting ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, come back to Colossians chapter 3 for a moment. Look at verse number 16 again. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God and the Father uh, by Him. And then he goes into, once again, the submission, wives to their husbands, husbands to Christ, children to parents, and uh, servants to masters. And again, he breaks them all out, basically saying we are to submit ourselves one to another. But he uses two different phrases, one in Ephesians chapter number 5, and we find another one in Colossians chapter number 3, and I find this interesting. That in Ephesians chapter number 5, he uses the phrase, and be filled with the Spirit. In Colossians chapter 3, he uses the phrase, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom. They both have the exact same things following them. Speaking to ourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing, make melody in our hearts to the Lord. The sign, the, 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 the characteristic of being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That we're thankful to the Lord Jesus Christ is found both in Ephesians chapter number 5 and in Colossians chapter number 3. And that we submit ourselves one to another both in Ephesians chapter 5 and in Colossians chapter number 3. Could it be that as we get to the beginning of chapter number 3 in, in Colossians, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Our desire, our affection becomes established as the things that pertain to God. That's what my heart is. That's what I long for. Wake up in the morning. I want to do what God has for me to do today. Lord, what wilt thou have me do? Throughout the day, constantly in prayer and in an attitude and spirit of prayer, Lord, am I getting done what you want done today? Help me to accomplish that today. Help me to be sensitive to your leading. It's part of what it takes for us to put off the old man and put on the new man. We would call it walking with God, our relationship with God. Perhaps even use the phrase, we would call it being filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That we would put these things into our lives and they would become the paramount thing. I fear sometimes in our lives, and I've been there myself, I was born and raised in a pastor's home, and I'll tell you right now, The temptation is this. It becomes old hat sometimes. We've heard it all. We've seen it all. We've done it all in church. I went through the nursery, the the junior department, the infant department, the junior department, every department you could have in Sunday school, I went through it. Girls department, women's department, I didn't go through those, but all the others I went through. And there comes times in our lives, does it not, that it seems like our walk with God gets stagnant. Kind of, kind of just dims. You ever been there? When those times come, we are susceptible to reverting back to the old man, the old nature. And we can mark it down when we begin to see these things that are mentioned in verses 5 through 11 in our lives and they begin to start easing their way back in and we're comfortable with them. We can mark it down. Our walk with God needs to be revived. 
That's why I believe very strongly that Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Because there is a chance, there is a possibility that we lose that enthusiasm, that fervency, and that love for the Lord Jesus Christ. The passion that He is the preeminent one. He's the one that has not just a place in my life, but He has first place in my life. Well, Brother Greg, I don't really feel like giving Him first place. Put Him first. Try God and see if He will not pour you out a blessing. I believe the book of Matthew addresses it very clearly, doesn't it? But seek ye first, what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. If we simply learn the small truth, just a singular truth, set your affection. On things above, not on the things of the earth. You go through a dry time in your Christian life, you feel like, boy, I'm just spinning my wheels and things are just not there. I'll be real frank with you. I've been through valleys. But when I prayed, I felt like God didn't even hear me. You ever been there? I know many have. What do we do during those times? We run to God. We give Him first place. We come and we cling to Him and we say, Lord, we cannot make it without You. All of my affection, all of my love, all that I'm interested in, my fervency of life is You and You alone. Giving Him the preeminence. Allowing Him not to have just a place, but to have first place in our lives. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. If we could learn this one simple truth, because I'll be honest with you, what tends to happen a lot of times in my life is I go through times where I feel like God has first place. I strive to give Him first place. But there are other times that I begin to think, you know, be nice if I could just do this or if I could just do that. Maybe I won't do what God wants me to do today. I'm, I'm kind of tired. I'm going to lay out of it today, maybe not do it today. I'll be honest with you. I, I did not feel yesterday like going out and soul winning. I'm sorry, I didn't. I was feeling physically not feeling good. And... Uh, the temptation is there to just say, you know what, let's just not have it today. Let's just not do it. There, there comes times in our lives where sometimes we lose that fervency, don't we? I, I hate to use this word because I don't know that it's a Bible word, but I think it explains fervency for us a little bit, that we have a passion, an absolute love, an undying love. An idea that we're going to press toward the mark. I was sharing with our Sunday school class today the, the, the purpose of the Christian life and the will of God for the Christian life according to Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1 is after we've seen all of those witnesses in Hebrews 5, those people and men of renown and women of renown that were faith, that were full of faith and, and, and held faithful to God. In chapter 12 he says, uh, 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 seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, all these people that were examples to us, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which just so easily beset us. And let us what? Run with patience the race that is set before us. We're not to saunter or walk or even jog. We're to put forth an effort. There's some fervency there. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press, I press toward the mark. He doesn't just give it a, 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 the old college try. He says, I'm going to give it everything I've got. When it comes to our affection, the love that we have for the Lord Jesus Christ, can I encourage you today, give it everything you've got. Commit once and for all. I'm going, to, I'm going to just love God with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my mind. After all, isn't that the greatest commandment? I, I'm going to be fervent about this thing of the Christian life. I'm not going to dawdle through it. I'm not just going to hem-haw my way through it. I'm going to live it with vibrancy and fervency and passion. I'm going to love my God with all of my heart. I'm going to set my affection on the things above, not on the things of this earth. Why? So I can put away the old man. And if I be risen with Christ, I want to put on the new man. I want to walk the way that He told me to walk. I want to have victory over sin. I want to have a life that is victorious in the Christian life. Set your affection on things above. What do we do when we get burned out and we get, uh, get to the point where we feel like we're, we're growing cold and stagnant in our Christian life. We run to God and throw our arms around Him and say, Lord, I want to love You more than I ever have before. I want to seek after those things with all of my heart. In Proverbs chapter 3, it's one of the verses that has helped me so much in my life over the years since I was in my early 20s. Proverbs chapter number 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. That word all meant so much to me one day. I was reading that years ago when I was younger. And I had, I had trusted God from time to time with things. But never with all of my heart. And it says, lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. I don't always succeed at it. But that is my desire. That we would set our affection on things above. We would pursue after Christ. The psalmist said, as the heart panteth after the water brooks. So long with my soul after thee, O Lord. Oh, that we would long for the Lord Jesus Christ. We talked at the beginning of the service of looking forward to heaven. Is our affection where it ought to be? Somebody talks about, boy, I can't wait to get to heaven. Are we sitting here thinking, well, I can wait, you know. Our affections where they ought to be. If we then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek after them. Make them the priority of the life. Give Christ preeminence. And we can have victory in our Christian life. Let's stand together, shall we? Father, we're thankful for your word.
Lord, one of the great things that I think I battle with, and perhaps others do too if I am, I, I'm sure there may be others in this world that struggle with the keeping of our affection where it ought to be. To continually build and, and grow that affection for you. To have our heart and our thoughts solely upon you. To give you the preeminence in our life. The priority of our life. Lord, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, in the afternoon service, I assume pretty much everyone here has trusted you as their Savior. It's my hope and my prayer. While I don't know their hearts, I believe they have given testimony of that fact. If they have not, there's not been a time and a place where they've trusted you as their Savior. Then, Lord, I pray that you would convict their hearts. Show them that need. They would get it settled today. But, Father, it seems to be mostly Christians here today, and I I pray that you would help us to grasp a hold of this truth. One of the most debilitating things I believe in our life is when we begin to allow our affection to drift. Begins to look at the things of this world. Begins to look to covet after the things of this world. To long for them. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to rededicate our hearts and our minds today to setting our affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Bless the invitation time, Lord, as we take just a moment to allow folks to respond as the piano and organ play. I pray that you would bless and allow them to uh, make the decision that you would have upon their heart today. In Jesus' name we pray.